Hey everyone, we got some exciting news. We have a new version of the Salem Fields Community Church app. So take that old one that you have and just throw it right out the window. I just mean you can delete it. Now all you have to do is go to your phone's app store and search for Salem Fields Community Church and download it to your phone. We have a really cool new feature in the app and it's a message note section. So actually during the service, you can fill in the blanks with the message notes or even write your own message notes that you can save to your phone later, even share with your friends. And the new app still has a lot of your same favorite features like fast and secure mobile giving, live streaming of the weekend services, as well as on demand of past services. Playlists that have all the songs from the past weekend's worship set, a mobile Bible with multiple translations, and exclusive one-minute audio devotionals as heard on B101.5. So visit SalemFields.com app today so you can stay connected with everything Salem Fields as we continue to share real hope with anyone everywhere.
sing this out. This is our story. I needed rescue. My sin was heavy. But chains break at the weight of your glory. I needed shelter. I was an orphan. Now you call me a citizen of
Welcome to church Falling today. Falling into you, bud. Happy Easter to you. He Happy is risen. Happy Easter. Oh, he yeah, is risen. Yeah, he is risen. He is risen indeed. Yeah, well, yes, we got is. some of that here, don't we? <laughs> we're glad you're here. Well, if you're a first-time guest with us today, we're so glad that you're here. We want you to just kind of sit back and enjoy what happens here. The presence of the Lord is here. And we have a gift for you as you walk out today. There's a little bag with some pretty colored paper there if you would go there and the and banner there too it says yeah there's a banner yeah first time guest with a question mark but if you would take your connection card and fill that out and you would take that there to when you get your little gift uh we're gonna give five dollars to a local charity for every connection card that we have turned in pretty awesome right so go ahead and and uh, fill that out take it to a leash out there get your first time uh gift and uh good little uh things in there yeah hey we're also <laughs> glad the old timers are here today too uh we're glad that you're here and where's an old timer so I, oh, oh, right here's the right old, old timers yeah old timers old timers not up old here. people but old timers <laughs> yeah anyway uh we're gonna take our tithes and offerings here in just a few moments if you're a guest today you can disregard this unless you just itching to put in a big check or something that's great you can even put in a little check but as guests, you don't have to worry about that. Uh, we appreciate the faithfulness of our regular people who give of their tithes and offerings. And if, uh, if you'd like to give this morning, there'll be offering buckets that come by. And you can drop your cash or checks in that. Uh, you can go online and give. Uh, you can go out to the kiosk and give with a credit card, debit card. Or you can go to our world-famous app and you can give on the app. And that's the easiest way to give. However you give this morning, if you choose to give, give as unto the Lord, because he loves a cheerful giver. Thank you for that. And also, we want you to check in the Facebook today, too, uh, especially uh, this service, and just let people know you're here. Sometimes when people say, wow, they go to Salem Fields, and they're, we like them, and so maybe we'll like their church. So, uh, but anyway, we'll let you, just let people know you're here. We appreciate you doing that. Yes, and also we have our Easter Bunny pictures out in Rubicon. You don't have to be a kid to get a picture. You can be an adult too. And everybody needs a hug, right? And so the Easter Bunny will give you a hug. But go out there and make sure that you take your children out there as well. We're going to continue to worship. 
not going to do that. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we're not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've already done this twice last night. We had two incredible services last night. As you can see, we've had some fun around here. And uh, this week, you may have noticed that we uh, have our kind of our little catchphrase, don't be fooled. That's what we're going to be talking to you about. And so we have a really awesome game. You see Bobby back here? Is he back over my shoulder? I need four people who would... Who would uh, know? Okay, four people that are willing to take a bite into some chocolate. The bite into the delight. Four people. Okay, there's one. Come on up. Uh, who said me? Where? Right here. I'll take you. Yeah, come on. Melanie? Okay. All right. So, and then. There's Billy. Billy? All right, Billy. All right, so you all come on up here. Yeah, we needed a guy. Now, do you see, you see Bobby back here? Now, what I'm going to say to you is, now, don't be fooled, okay? Don't be fooled. Come on up here, Bobby. We've got these luscious, what we say are candied apples, but the other is an onion. So each one of you have to take one. The first one that grabs can grab whatever you wish. Go quick. Okay, Billy. Okay, one. Oh, here's our spittoon, just in case anybody. <laughs> okay, are you now? You ready? One. You got it. The only the only thing I didn't tell you this before you came up is that you've got to chew it all and swallow it. Uh, uh, but that's what the spittoons are for. You, okay, you ready? Take a great big huge bite. Go. <laughs> oh. wasn't it? Thank you guys so much, Billy. You can, you guys, you can take it. You can eat it. You guys are welcome to take these and eat the whole thing during the service. I just took a little pleasure in that because last night we only chose two people to come up and I said, I am determined to get someone to bite into this onion. So there you have it. Now we're going to continue to worship. <laughs> Stand accused of my regrets And the devil roars his empty threats I will preach the gospel to myself That I am not a man condemned For Jesus Christ is my defense My sin is nailed to the cross My soul is healed the weight of guilt I bear no more Praise the Lord, praise the Lord I 
on the cross God you willingly went there knowing what it would mean and father you gave your life you shed your blood for us and so father we lift you up we praise you we thank you we can't glorify you enough may our lives be a reflection of your love on this earth we love you and we praise you in Jesus name amen thank you you may be seated <laughs> That's awesome. Well, how many people were here for Thursday evening communion? And then how many people were here for the crosswalk? Did the crosswalk? Uh, good, good. It was an awesome time together. Watch this. time of remembering remembering on Thursday night what Jesus did he spilled his blood he broke his body for us for the forgiveness of our sins and then that night as we carried the cross here it was just a time of reverence to remember what he did for us well uh, it is April Fool's Day but don't be fooled it's Easter has anyone pulled a prank yet today uh, all right <laughs> well, it's a rare occurrence when April Fool's Day falls on Easter. 
That doesn't happen very often. So around here, we like to have fun. And so we took the opportunity to play a few of our own little pranks on people. And I had someone come up to me right before the service and said, you got me, you got me. I was scared to death about that sign out there. Anybody see the sign? <laughs> yeah, we had, we had quite a stir. And you know, uh, we just decided around here, people gossip, right? And so we just, let's give them something to talk about. <laughs> and so we did. And uh, a lot of people got a little freaked out about that. But if you go to that, you can Google it right now. You've got your phone. And uh, it will say to you, don't be fooled. <laughs> because you know what? We can be fooled. So um, I kind of uh, had some fun with it. And what I found this week is that this very day, some awesome products are coming onto the scene. And I just wanted to share a few of them with you. This first one I'm going to get for Buddy. You know, selfie sticks, not going to need them anymore. Okay, watch this. Getting that perfect photo is now more important than ever. The selfie stick is a great solution to a problem. But in turn, it has created a new problem. Introducing the selfie shoes. No matter where you go, you'll always be camera ready. Just insert your phone into the port, raise it to the perfect angle, and click the internal button with the tap of your toe to take the photo. <laughs> See? I mean, you're going to love that one. Okay, how many people have a pet? Okay, you guys are going to love this. You're going to want it. Watch this. It's only human nature to develop a bond with your pets. The Companion Collection, a watch you'll love because it's made from the fur of the animal that loves you. Simply groom your favorite furry friend with a brush. Collect two to four ounces of their hair, seal it in a small bag, and drop it in the post. Within three to four weeks, you'll receive your functional yet one-of-a-kind timepiece. Now, isn't that neat? You want one, I know you want. I, you know, I was just thinking, I could take the hair out of my brush and make Buddy a watch. <laughs> He could wear me around. <laughs> okay, how many people get annoyed with those left lane drivers? Oh, yeah, well, have we got something for us? While performance and design can move you, what if innovation could move them? Imagine a world with Lane Valet. A semi-autonomous technology that can connect to left lane vehicles obstructing the flow of traffic and do the driver the courtesy of moving their vehicle for them. Making the highway safer for everyone. That's Lexus. They're coming out with a great product. <laughs> And then, now, you've heard of the self-driving cars, right? We have those. Well, Google has come out, it's coming out today, uh, with this incredible product. Look at this. We leaned on Google's expertise in self-driving cars, but we had to adapt the technology to work on a bike. I have so much more time. My kids love it. They're just free. They can go anywhere they want, anytime they want. 
That's amazing. At Google, we always put our users first. With the launch of this bike, we believe we do that again. How many people want one? Mommies want that for sure, right? <laughs> Send the kids off. Well, it is April Fool's. Well, April Fool's. <laughs> it is April Fool's Day, and it is a rare occurrence when April Fool's Day and Easter land on the same day. Now, we had planned something else uh, for Easter, and we said, you know what? Why don't we take advantage of April Fool's Day? Uh, the last time that April Fool's Day landed on Easter was in 1956. You know how many years ago that was? 62. And the next time that it will happen will be 2029. That's 11 years from now. And then it will be 11 years after that in 2040. And then it won't happen again until the, uh, the next century. Isn't that weird? Isn't that strange? So, so we thought we'd take advantage of, of saying to people, it's, it's kind of uh, the reason for that is because of the quirks, um, they haphazardly coincide because of the quirks involved in dating Easter against the Gregorian calendar. You know the Gregorian calendar? Everybody say Gregorian. Yeah, that just feels so good. <laughs> it is definitely not significant in the history of Christianity, yet All Fool's Day has been celebrated for centuries in different cultures. Now, we don't know exactly what the origin of it is. It was, it's still a mystery. But what some historians think is that when they switched the Julian calendar to the Gregorian calendar, they did that back in like the 1500s, um, it was said that the people that either didn't get the news that it was switched or that just decided, I'm not changing, and I'm going to celebrate the new year at the end of March and the beginning of April Fool's Day, those people that didn't switch and acknowledge New Year's on January 1st became the butt of jokes and hoaxes. And they think that April Fool's Day began at that time. So it's been going on for centuries. So, because it's so rare for Easter to land on April Fool's Day, we decided that it was really important for us around here to remind you to be careful. Don't be fooled. Because our culture is genius in influencing your mind and your heart. It just is. Uh, we have social media, and you know, at the beginning it turned out to be really nice, and then over time we said, you know, you can't believe half of what you see or half of what you hear, yet we do. We've got pop stars that have really loud voices, and a lot of people think if they say something, then it must be true. And we have popular values. A lot of people believe in certain things. And if a lot of people believe in it, a lot of people think, well, that must be what the truth is. We have television. I don't know if you followed the recent Facebook controversy and, and, and all of that, but uh, Cambridge Analytica is a name that maybe you recognize if you followed that. 
And I was blown away as I was watching this executive of Cambridge Analytica, and he was really cute. He had pink hair, and uh, he looked real hip and cool, and uh, he was an executive, and he, this uh, past couple of weeks, testified in, in Congress. And he went before them, and he testified. But I heard him say this, and, and I was just blown away. He said very clearly, he said, social media, he was one of the major people that, that did this uh, Cam Cambridge Analytica. He said, social media is intentionally designed to influence the hearts and the minds of its users. So it's because they know that people will listen and believe almost anything. The Oxford Dictionary defines fool as a person who is duped or imposed upon. And Webster says it's a person that's lacking in judgment. Now what that means is a person doesn't know how to discern what's truth and what isn't. And, and uh, people are taking advantage of that to manipulate minds and hearts. It's very blatant. And uh, in the Bible, it says, and this was David in the Psalms, he said, fools say in their hearts there is no God. Now, logically, if a person says in their heart there is no God, then they would also say there is no resurrection. And so um, these are the definitions of a fool. By the way, there was a grandfather, and he said, you know, I want to know what my little five-year-old granddaughter believes about this Easter story. I wonder what she, what she knows about it. And so he asked her, he said, Julie, do you know, can you tell me what Easter is all about? And Julie nodded her head, and she said, Grandpa, yeah, I know, I know that Jesus was crucified, I know that he died, and uh, I know that the disciples put the body in, in the grave, and I know that they uh, had a big stone, and uh, they rolled the stone in front of the opening, and, and the guards went to sleep, and on the third day, there was this big earthquake, and the stone was rolled away, and the grandpa was kind of like, yeah, I've taught my granddaughter. And uh, Julie went on to say, she said, and when the earthquake happened, the entire town came out and uh, came by the grave. And if Jesus came out and saw his shadow, there was going to be six more weeks of winter. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> you see, all of us, every single one of us, Julie isn't responsible. It was for some adult to help correct her in her little theology there. But uh, it, is, it is our responsibility as an adult to guard ourselves from being fooled, from being duped, from being tricked. And there's only one way to do that, only one way. It's in the pursuit of truth. It's in the, the, the searching and the discovering of truth. And every single one of us are responsible for pursuing that truth. No one else can really tell us what it is. It has to be our responsibility to do that. So today, 
We're going to examine the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, back in my day when I went to college, we were taught critical thinking, and that's what I'm talking about today. It's not for me to tell you the truth. It's for me to encourage you and to help you know how to pursue the truth. And so what we have to do is we have to look at the evidence and we have to look at where we are, and, and that's where we begin. So today, Buddy and I, we're going to examine the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and every single one of us here today gets to decide what we believe. Do you believe it, or don't you? Is it true, or not? And so we're going to start out by reading the, the Easter story, and it comes out of Luke, and I want to read it out of my Bible today because I love my Bible. And uh, here it is. You can follow along up there if you want to, or you can go to your phone, your Bible app. We've got that on our app. On the very first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all of these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them, who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women. Now that's unusual, isn't it? <laughs> because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. And do you realize from that day when Peter came out of there and the, late, and the women were at the tomb, people have still been wondering what happened. What was that all about? Ever since that day, people are still wondering. Uh, and, and the debate continues to happen. Several years ago, there was a uh, Newsweek article, and it was, it was entitled, A New Debate About the Risen Christ. And the story was based around a 1980s work of the Jesus Seminar Group. Now, this was a group of scholars of liberal scholars who'd been sifting through the Gospels and they were trying to sort out fact from fiction and history from legend. And the scholars discussed the evidence and they were trying to determine which words and actions of Jesus were really real and which words and actions of Jesus were just something that the early church made up. And they used these colored pebbles to cast their votes and their report concluded that most of Jesus' words should be written off because they were just made up. And most of the miracles as well should just be written off. 
And uh, when, they, when they cast their votes, when the seminar got around to voting for the resurrection, did Jesus really r rise from the dead as the Gospels declare? And as Christians have always believed, their vote was 24 to 1 against the resurrection. Now the scholars' ideas said that the early church, they just simply wanted the resurrection to happen. And so they concocted this story of Jesus being raised from the dead. And some suggested, well, it really didn't even matter if he literally rose. That was the conclusion that they came up with. Now, could these ideas and answers from the scholars from the Jesus Seminar suggest that maybe they'd been fooled? Or is it those people that believe that have been fooled? If somebody asked you, why do you believe in the resurrection? Would you be able to give the evidence of why you believe? So on this April Fool's Day, which happens to coincide with Easter, the day that we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, what do you believe? What matters to you? Are you able to give an answer? What really happened on that first Sunday some 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem? Did Jesus rise from the dead? Or was it the biggest April Fool's jo joke of all time? See, the resurrection sounds like it could be. I remember talking to a young girl that had never been exposed to the Bible, and I told her the story from Genesis to Revelation, and she said, well, that just sounds like a fairy tale. And so I was really challenged to be able to speak to her. If somebody said that to you, what would you say? Peter Schaff said, the resurrection of Christ is either the greatest miracle or the greatest delusion which history records. You see, there's no factual evidence that you can say, no scientific, there's, there's a margin of error that just can't be proven. So why do you believe? Or why do you disbelieve? There was a theologian asked by the Washington Post, what if history, what if Christ didn't rise? And she replied, if the bones of Jesus were found tomorrow, and the bones of Jesus have never been found, and even after he was crucified and he rose again, they say, they went out to look for his body and nobody could find his body. And she said, it would make no difference to me. I would still continue to believe. I would still go to church. I would still have faith and trust that he did rise again. And I believe that most Christians around the world would as well, is what she said. Now suppose that you and I were there that Easter morning with Mary and the other women and Peter. Would you have believed? Or would you doubt it? Thomas said, I, I just don't know if that really happened. Most Americans still believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead on that Easter. There was a recent telephone sur survey, the Rasmussen Report, and it said that 64% of American adults, now that's down from 77% of last year. See, it's shrinking. 
And because it's shrinking, does that influence you not to believe it? Because there are fewer people that believe it? 64% of American adults believe that Jesus rose from the dead. 19% reject the essential belief of Christianity, which is the resurrection. And 17% say, well, I'm just not sure. Now, if this story is true, then four out of ten people are being fooled. And if, if it is true, then six out of ten people are being fooled. So what do you believe? Many sincere people doubt the resurrection. From the beginning, people doubted. And we're being fooled. The Roman guards and the chief priests of that day, they had to make, they had to find a story that would explain why Jesus' body was not there. And they wanted to refute this resurrection. And it's found in Matthew, the story that they made up. It's recorded in the Bible. So let's take a look at that. Matthew 28, you know what, we'll do it up there because I didn't have my place marked. All right, while the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. So they told what had happened. When the chief, chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money telling them, you are to say his disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. If this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this day. Some people still believe this story. So today, Buddy and I are presenting what the Bible says. Because everybody gets to choose for yourself. And it's important for us to say to you, be careful. Don't be fooled. But every single one of us need to carefully, personally seek the truth. Buddy's going to tell you more about what the Bible says. There's all kinds of theories about what happened to the body of Jesus. There's seven major theories. I won't get into all those because some of you are already thinking, you mean there's another preacher? <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I got 17 points. <laughs> so hold on. <laughs> Why you shouldn't be fooled about the resurrection. And they're from Josh McDowell's book, Evidence That Demands a Verdict and uh, More Than a Carpenter. How many of you believe the Bible's true? Wow. Goodness gracious. Most of you. That's good. Uh, now, today we're going to uh, give you seven important evidences from the Bible so that you can decide about the resurrection. Now, I'm going to do this quickly, so don't get nervous. Uh, first of all, Jesus predicted that he would rise from the dead. Jesus said, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners to be crucified and on the third day be raised again. Now, anyone can predict. I can tell you that, uh, that I'm going to be resurrected. I'm going to die and be resurrected. Uh, but only the Son of God can fulfill 
such a prediction. Number two, Jesus really died. Luke 23, 46 says, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he said this, he breathed his last. Now, the Romans were experts at killing people. You read about Roman death, they were experts. No one could have survived what Jesus suffered. And I don't need to get into all the details, uh, but he was dead when they took him down from the cross. The disciples didn't expect a, resur a resurrection. Number three, in verse eight, says they remembered his words. Even though Jesus had repeatedly told them about his uh, resurrection, somehow the truth failed to sink in. You know what I mean, husbands? Your wife tells you over and over and over again, and somehow, I didn't hear you say that. <laughs> you know what I mean. Or uh, they forgot it in the emotion of watching him die. Number four, the women saw him first. The Bible says very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of Jesus. Now, you know, when you hear that, that the women were the first at the tomb, it may not make an impact on you because in our culture today and, and even here at Salem Fields Community Church, we don't appreciate the significance of the fact that the women came to the tomb first. That's a real significance to that because no first century fiction writer would have put the women at the tomb first because women were not considered to be reliable witnesses. The only reason they would say that women saw him first is because women saw him first. That's the only reason they wrote it. Number five, no one believed it at first. In verse 11 it says, but they did not believe the women because their words seemed like, no, like uh, nonsense. Uh, none of them believed the uh, early reports and all of them had to be convinced, all the disciples had to be convinced over and over again that he had actually risen from the dead. Number six, the Jews tried to cover it up. They just spoke to that. When the chief priests had met the elders, uh, met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money telling them, you are to say his disciples came during the night and stole him while we were asleep. Now the cover-up and the payoff uh, would only make sense if the tomb was empty. They wouldn't have had to devise this plan if somehow the body was there. So they had to come up with a plan. Number seven, the stone was rolled away. Uh, the Bible says they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Now the stone, uh, just to tell you, uh, the, they were three to six feet in diameter and they weighed two to five tons. And, and, the, and the seal on the stone could only be broken by a Roman official. If anyone else would break that Roman seal, if they were caught breaking the seal, they would be put to death. God is the only one who could have rolled that stone away because he had good reason. He's the one who raised Jesus from the dead. Number eight, the angels testified to the resurrection. The Bible says while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here he is risen. Now the Jews, for the Jews, the angels always brought a significant message, an important message. If you think back to the Christmas story, the angels showed up and they said, uh, unto you this day a Savior has been born. I mean, that was significant information 
much like the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It was a very special and significant message, and therefore the angels delivered it. Number nine, the grave clothes were still in place. Peter, however, got up, ran to the tomb, bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. Now, in John's account of the resurrection story, uh, he says Peter found the grave clothes lying in place, all folded up neatly with the head cloth folded next to it. Now, if you were going to sneak into a tomb in the middle of the night and break the Roman seal with a chance of being put to death and, and, and you steal the body, now, I don't think you'd take the time to wrap up the and fold up the grave clothing. But the Bible says they found the grave clothing all fo folded. Number 10, the tomb was empty. The women went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Now, it's interesting that all the contemporary witnesses uh, agree on this evidence. The disciples, the Jews, and the Romans all knew that the tomb was empty. Number 11, Gay said this, no one ever found his body. To this day, the body has not been found. And they've dug up the Holy Land, and there's been no body, no bones, nothing found. Number 12, he appeared to at least 500 people after his resurrection. It says he appeared to at least 500. It doesn't count the disciples and the followers that followed him. Um, there was 500 other people. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living. Now, they're not living today, okay? But they were living then. Though some have fallen asleep. Number 12, Jesus showed his wounds to Thomas. I'm making good time, aren't I? Uh, John 20, uh, verses 27 through 28. Then he said to Thomas, this was Jesus, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Finally, Thomas, after seeing the wounds, he said it's true. Number 14, he ate with the disciples. Now, Luke 24, 42 through 43 tells us they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. If you back up to verse 37, it says they were startled and frightened thinking they saw a ghost. You know what? Ghosts don't eat fish. Dead men don't eat fish either. Now, as I was preparing this message, I, I got really interested. I wanted to know what ghosts really do eat. And so I Googled it. You can find just about anything you want. And so I Googled it, and here's what I found out about ghosts. Ghosts eat goulash and spookgetty. Spookgetty. Now, here's one fact you won't hear at any other church in Fredericksburg this year at Easter. You can leave here and go to any other church, and you won't hear this fact. Ghost poop is invisible. You can't see it. But if you step in it, you will smell it. So you have to be careful where you walk. Now, you can tell people, thank God I went to Easter service and Thanksgiving. <laughs> anyway, I had to do that. You know, it's just part of my DNA uh, to look up ghosts. Number 15, the disciples were utterly transformed. Before that Sunday, the disciples were, un they were unsure, timid, doubting. In other words, the disciples in general were a very boring bunch of people. But after the resurrection to a person, they were radically and completely transformed. I mean, you can read about them. They were literally like new people after the resurrection. 
I mean, think back to the cross. They all ran and hid. There was, they, weren't, they were nowhere to be found. But this, after the resurrection, the Bible says in Acts 4.13, it says, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. You see, after the resurrection, persecution didn't stop them. Opposition didn't phase them. Hatred didn't intimidate them. Hardship didn't slow them down. The threat of martyrdom didn't intimidate them. These men and women turned the world upside down. Let me tell you, because of these men and women, you and I are sitting here in this church, in this building, celebrating Easter some 2,018 years later because these men and women were completely transformed. They were completely turned they turned the world upside down, and we've heard the gospel message because they didn't turn tail and run after the resurrection. They died. Number 16, they died testifying to the reality of the resurrection. Church history tells us that of the 11 original disciples, not counting Judas, plus Paul, all died a violent death for their faith in Jesus Christ. The one exception was John, who died on the island of Patmos. Now, let me tell you something, folks. These disciples, some were sawed in half. They were crucified on an upside-down cross. They were burnt at the stake. They were thrown into lions, uh, to the lions as fun and games for the, uh, uh, for the Romans, all because of their faith and the, the trust in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Thousands of Christians still today are dying all around, all around the world because of their faith. Why would men and women die for a lie? I mean, would you die for a lie? Why would the apostles die if, if, for Christ if they knew he had not risen from the dead? Number 17. I finally got here, huh? You know what? Gay, a couple years ago, she visited the Holy Land. And Gay told me herself that she has been to the tomb. <laughs> and she reported to me that when she bent down and peered in the tomb, folks, she said the tomb was empty. <laughs> now let me tell you something. I've known Gabe for 44 years, and I don't think, I don't know of one time she's ever lied to me. Sometimes I actually wish she would have lied to me. <laughs> but she didn't. You know, in, in fact, there's a sign in the garden tomb as you leave that says, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. <laughs> as he said. <laughs> Amen. Now, that's the way you get excited about the resurrection. Because I can tell you right now, knowing this girl, if the Washington Redskins scored a touchdown, she'd be cheering just like that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, thanks for cheering for the risen Savior. But you know, across the century, millions and millions of people have believed. But you know what? Many have doubted and have died and have been fooled. You know, the issue this morning is quite simple. Where do you stand regarding the resurrection of Jesus Christ? You know, 1 Corinthians, Paul says, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. I mean, for people who don't believe, it just seems like foolishness. 
But Paul said, for those who are, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. And I just say to you, the folks this morning, there's more than enough biblical evidence for those who choose to believe. But I also acknowledge that there's room to doubt. It's an incredible story. And there's room that we can doubt. At this point, we need to make a decision. Did he or didn't he? You know, we need to recall the words of Jesus to Thomas this morning. Stop doubting and believe. If you don't believe today, just stop doubting and believe. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. You know, again, I wanted to just take a minute or two to share with you why we believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, I, I uh, grew up and I went to church once in a while, mostly Bible school, and as a teenager, mostly because the girls went to church, I went to church. But after that, I kind of moved away from the church, but in, uh, I'm, I got married and went, uh, at one point, Gay said, you know what, I want us to start going back to church. I grew up in the church and I want Jody to be able to know Jesus Christ. And so uh, we went back to church and in 1980, we went to church on Easter Sunday. I, did, I was a twofer. I went on Easter and Christmas. Uh, but we went on Easter Sunday, and I'll never forget that day that the pastor talked about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ on the cross. And he talked about because Jesus died on the cross that we could be forgiven of our sins. You know, we're not forgiven of our sins because God loves us. He loves us whether we choose him or not. We are saved because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he told us that, uh, that day that our sins could be forgiven. And you got to understand, I was the chief sinner right underneath Paul. I mean, I carried so much shame and guilt in my life. And the pastor said, if we came up to the altar, that time we couldn't raise our hand, uh, uh, we came to the altar. And I went to the altar the second Sunday, and I surrendered, and I gave up. I asked God to forgive me of all of my sins. And the Lord forgave me. I walked out of that church with the weight of the world off my chest. I felt exactly what the Bible says. I felt like a new creation in Christ. I mean, this was as good as it could ever get. But you know, the story for me doesn't end there. The reason I believe in the resurrection as well is because Jesus Christ has transformed my life. He's taken me from a miserable sinner to a person who thought nothing of himself, nothing of other people, always down and always just, a mess. And he is healing me. He is changing me. And he's doing things in my life that I could never do in my own power. He's taken me from a place in my life that, to this Sunday morning being here in 2018 on Easter Sunday morning, being having the privilege of co-pastoring a church with my wife, standing in front of you, taking a man that had no chance in hell of ever being here and transforming my life. And that's why I believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And nobody can ever, ever, ever convince me otherwise. And that to me is the evidence. That's the evidence. Personal account. And, uh, and this is the evidence. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I really, I don't want anyone to believe because... 
I've influenced you to believe. I don't want you to believe because your parents told you to believe or because a school teacher told you to believe or anybody told you to believe. We have to discover that truth for ourselves. And for me, the reason that I believe is because there were so many people Buddy talked about it that gave their lives. Sometimes I feel like such a wimpy American Christian because uh, I whine about the, the most, the smallest things when there were people that gave their lives. And I want to be a person that stands on the shoulders of the people who gave their life for this cause. They simply believed, and I want to be that kind of person. I believe that God is my Father, and I believe that Jesus Christ is His Son, Amen. and I believe that the Holy Spirit lives in me, and those three are one. I believe in that with all of my heart, and the reason that I do is because there was a day that I accepted Him into my life, and then one day that I said, God, I'm giving you my whole life, and any decision I have to make, I'm not going to make it my way, I'm going to make it your way, and what I've seen Him do in my life uh, has been beyond imaginable. I, I just cannot even believe it um, sometimes. And, and, I, and I know that he's transformed my heart. I know I found healing in him. And there's a joy and a freedom. Now, not every day is, is a, a ball of fun or a bunch of balloons falling, but uh, every day I have my Savior knowing that uh, he's with me and that whatever I'm going through, he's there. And uh, nobody could ever convince me that it doesn't happen because on this side of life, well into the fourth quarter of life, he has proven himself to me over and over again. So don't believe it because I told you. Believe it because he's done something in you that you can't stop talking about. Amen. And uh, that'll give people something to talk about. Well, we're coming down to the end of our time together. We we're going to have a great celebration here in a few moments. And uh, we always look forward to that and on Easter Sunday. But the reason we look forward to celebrating is two reasons. Number one, the tomb is empty. He's not dead. God got up. And uh, he's here with us today. And, and we, we, we at Salem Fields don't think you have to be long-faced about that. We believe you can shout and have good times and and do all kinds of crazy things. The second reason we do that is because we always believe that there's going to be someone here that's going to give their life to Jesus Christ today. That somebody this morning, either here or online, have made a decision to accept the fact of the resurrection, the evidence of the resurrection, and will give their life to Christ. And we think that that's worthy of celebrating. The Bible says they celebrate in heaven when one person gives their life to Christ. So we want to extend that to here as well. And so... In just a minute, we'll do that. Can we all just bow our heads and close our eyes just for a moment? And maybe you're here today and you're saying, you know what? Wow. I never really gave the resurrection much thought. But today you've heard the evidence that Jesus not only died on the cross, but he rose from the grave. And you know what? And you, and you say to yourself, you know what? I believe that. And I want a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't want religion you want a relationship. Religion knows about God, and a relationship knows him. And you can know th him through the death and resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So if you'd, like to, if you'd like to make your belief faith today, if you'd like to take your faith and your belief today and take a step and receive Christ as your Savior, would you pray this prayer with me with all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed, no one looking around, just for a moment? 
And you pray this prayer, Jesus. You can pray it out loud, pray it under your breath, pray it in your heart. Just pray it sincerely. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died on a cross for my sins. And I believe on the third day you arose from the dead. Now I pray this, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I invite you into my heart to be my Savior. Jesus, forgive me of my sins, and I invite you into my heart to be my Savior. That's important. The Bible says we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. The Bible says we shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. And given eternal life through Jesus Christ. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me this morning, would you just take a moment and thank Jesus? Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you for being my Savior. Now, with all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed, and this is just a great time for you to make testimony. No one's going to look around. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to do anything like that. You don't have to come up front. Nothing. With all our heads bowed, if you prayed that prayer with me this morning and you received Jesus Christ as your Savior, I want you to make testimony to Gay and I because we'll be looking. No one else will. And also saying to God, you know, God, I'm sincere about that prayer I just prayed. And so I'm going to raise my hand. So with all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed, if you prayed that prayer, would you raise your hand this morning to receive Jesus Christ all over the auditorium? God bless you. You can put them right back down. Anyone else? Yeah, I see your hand in the back. Just right up and right back down. Anybody else? Raise your hand and put them right back down. Looks like we got everybody. Father, thank you, Jesus, for what's just happened in this room. We praise you, we honor you, we celebrate you. And God, we just thank you for every hand that was raised, Lord, but more than the hands. Lord, we thank you for every heart today that just felt the need to establish or reestablish that relationship with you, whatever that may have been. God, we thank you and we praise you and we honor you today. And Father, I just pray that as we celebrate this time together, we will just open our hearts to receive during these times all that you have for us. I pray for every person in this room and online today that, the, that God, that we would realize that in the end, we all win. We all win if we know Jesus. And so I pray no matter what situation you're in today, that you'll leave here knowing because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you win. You win. In the end, we all win if we know Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Can we stand and we're going to celebrate?
Wow, I love that. Love, love, love. You know, it says when somebody accepts Jesus Christ, their personal Savior, the whole heavens and the angels have a party. So they're partying up there. I just heard someone as I walked down that said, I've given my life to Jesus Christ. They're partying up there, and so we're going to party down here, right? We know how to celebrate here at Salem Fields. Here we go. Don't, don't go away. Through your face, got your head on roll. The sky's a shade of gray. Like a zombie in the maze, you're asleep inside, but you can't shake away. Cause you're just a dead man walking, thinking that's your only option. But you can flip the switch and brighten up your darkest day. Sun is up and the color's blinding. Take the world and redefine it. Be behind and never mind and never be the same. Come alive, come alive. Go and ride your light and burn so bright. Reach it up to the sky and it's open wide. You're electrified. The world becomes a fantasy. The more than you could ever be. Cause you're dreaming with your eyes wide open. So no, you can't go back again. To the world that you were living in Cause you're dreaming with your eyes wide open So come alive I see it in your eyes You believe that lie That you need to hide your face Afraid to step outside So you lock the door Don't you stay that way No more living in those shadows You and me, we know how that goes once you see it, you will never ever be the same. Find your light and shine it. Find enough to keep on shining. You can prove it's more to you. You cannot be afraid. Come alive, come alive. Go and ride your light. Let it burn so bright. Reach it up to the sky. And it's open wide. You're electrified. The world becomes a fantasy in your morning.
dreams come alive. Life is for living with you. I made my decision. Hit me up in my eyes with wonder. Forever young in your love, this freedom's untainted with you. No moment is wasted. Come on! To see the sun now bursting through the clouds, black and white. the sun. 